In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Tradar, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'm your host for season one of The Traders Canada. And today is a very special episode because I am very excited to be talking to the winner of this season, the traderess Magic Mike. And I am dressed for the occasion, even though this is an audio podcast. Yes, you certainly are dressed for the occasion here, David. I'm loving that trader outfit. <laughs> You're taking my role right now. That's right. That Well, I won't fully take your role. You will survive through this podcast, I promise. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? Oh, my. I'm, I'm great. What can I say? It's, um, it's surreal right now. Well, you've had you've known this for a while, obviously. So you've had to uh, go around uh, doing your normal everyday stuff and keeping the secret. Of course, but keeping a secret is not that hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. Now, coming into the finale, I had confidence that you would pull it off, even though the odds were against you. But it didn't go exactly like I thought. Uh, Based on last week's episode, I was certain you had Leroy in your pocket and he fully trusted you and that you would get rid of Gerline. But then all of a sudden this week, we see you saying you needed to have Gerline on your side. And well, like magic, she was. So what did we miss that happened between those all those scenes? Yeah. So, you know, it it came down to it that I realized there is no way, no matter even if I had Leroy on my side, there was no way I would be able to convince Leroy that Gerline was a traitor. It wasn't happening. So I realized I only had one option, and Gerline was my option. I knew Trevon and Donna would most likely be voting for me, so I needed to stick with Leroy and Gerline. And that, I kind of backed myself into a corner. So it came down to it that I knew 
I have to work on Carlene and <laughs> hope for the best. Leave it in her hands. And it worked. It worked. That whole, I mean, do you think it was the Mickey Clue thing that got her finally convinced? I, you know, I, I can't say for certain, but I, I did everything. I pulled every trick out of the book to try to make that work. The Mickey Clue, I tried to twist it however I could. I also think it was a combination, though, of kind of like what Leroy was doing. He wasn't pushing me enough at that point. It was like, it almost seemed desperate to me um, watching it yesterday that, you know, maybe he was too aggressive. And that's maybe why Gerline switched to me. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Okay, how did you manage to convince Leroy and Gerline that, to me anyway, the two most obvious faithfuls, Trevon and Donna, were potentially yeah. traitors, or did they convince themselves? I think we were on the same page, the three of us. I think right from after that last night that we knew we're going to go for Trevon, we're going to go for Donna, uh, and it's going to be left with the three of us at the end. But I didn't trust Leroy. I, I had a feeling, you know, even if one of those people were, they would still vote me out just to split yeah. the money between them. So, you know, I, I had no option. I knew it was a 50-50 shot. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised I pulled that magic trick off there. Really. <laughs> <laughs> now. I usually do podcasts about pe why people win or lose reality TV. But from your standpoint, what do you think was your key moment that led you to the win? Ooh, I, you know, I don't know if I had a key moment. I think there was a lot of things I did right. At the beginning of the game, I played a more quiet game. I made what I thought were a couple of bold moves um, with murdering Gurpiar, um, calling up Mel B first. Uh, you know, to me, these seem like bold moves at the time for a guy that wasn't saying much in the game. And then I think it was halfway through the game when I started speaking more that it really became more intensive. I started talking more, but I was never coming up with my own theories. I was riding on other people's theories and just making it a bigger thing than it was. Well, you got called out for that a couple of times for people saying, wait a minute, you're not giving us anything. You're just deflecting or reflecting. So how did you dodge that other than, I mean, you know, in some cases you murdered the person in other cases. Well, that's, like... that's easy. Yeah, exactly. You, you murder them. <laughs> They're calling you out. They're gone the next day. If they say your name, bye-bye. <laughs> that's the only way you can see playing the game. And to be honest with you, David, I thought I was playing a very under-the-radar game. That's why I never had the intent to recruit from the start because I didn't see the benefit to me. I thought, if anything, that's going to make me a suspect. Um, so I thought, you know, murdering someone makes me one step closer to the end. And that's why uh, I went that route. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I loved seeing that uh, not recruiting. I thought it was good the way you and Koozie were working together. And when you eventually took your shot at Koozie, it seemed on TV like you chose that moment because maybe you believed what M Melissa A was saying, that Koozie was dropping your name. Was that the case, or would you have chosen that time anyway? So let me say this. Kuzi was a true mastermind in this game. I give her full credit. I don't even know if I would have gotten to where I got without her. I think we worked wonderfully together. We had a good dynamic, the two of us. We, we were just great. It's not that we spent a lot of time during the day together. We, were, we had our own groups. We were doing our own thing. But when we met at night... 
Uh, everything clicked. We agreed on everything. Everything was mutual. And I felt like we were on the same page. It wasn't until that point when May said and Mel A said that Kuzi said your name. Why would I, I? I truly believed that. And at that point, I knew it's time. I have to. There, if I waited another episode, she probably would have done the same to me. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, you know, weighing the pros and cons, because then you had to blackmail. Whereas if you had waited another episode, you wouldn't have had to. But you had a, you know, nice, easy. Well, nothing's ever easy, but a, a, an easier target in Mickey, it seemed. That's right. And it's uh, even with Mickey, you know, I I felt like I had no other option at that point in the game. I'm not going to recruit the two people that just called my name out at the round table, Donna or Trevon. And obviously, Gerline and Leroy, they were ride or die together. So who was my option? I had Mickey. So I, I went with and I knew Mickey trusted like we had a really great bond together. And he was the one guy I trusted in the game. All right. Well, going back to the very beginning. Uh, did you come in wanting to be a trader? Yeah, I think so. I thought I would have played well. I thought it would have been a challenge. Um, obviously, you know, I, I'm a magician. I'm I'm used to lying, deceiving, manipulating, but not in this way. So this truly was a challenge, right? I'm used to being on stage. I'm not used to you know backstabbing people under these kind of circumstances. <laughs> and even hearing my name at the round table, like made me so nervous I just you know I'm not, i wasn't built for this that's how i felt <laughs> through close-up magic with them examining your every move exactly and I, I felt like you know even when i did that trick at the beginning of the show it made me less of a threat because they see oh wow this guy does some card tricks cool <laughs> he's, you know he's a magician but he's not a threat right right well, what do you think you would have done if you were faithful instead? How would you have played it? So I think if you're going to play this game as a faithful, it's first off a completely different game than mm-hmm. what being a trader. I think, you know, you have to try and figure out who the traders are and try to align yourself with them. I don't think it's about voting them off necessarily. I think it's about trying to take them as, you know, get as far as you can in the game so you don't get murdered. So it's a completely different game strategy as a faithful yeah. And there were some people who were saying, you know, looking at and, you know, no, uh, no negativity towards some of your uh, fellow players, but uh, that uh, a couple of the people who made it close to the end were not the uh, greatest, you know, uh, in terms of figuring things out. Uh, and and so was that obviously part of your strategy? Bring along the people who, you know, were always voting the wrong way. Well, yes and no. I mean, at at the end of the game, it was pretty much all the quiet people there, the people that never really said much. So, you know, everyone who had things to say were either murdered or banished. And it's just kind of the way it worked out. Uh, Trevon had great reads on me by the end of the game, but he was just never aligned at the right time. So no one trusted him anymore. He, He didn't have a voice because of that, even though he was bang on about everything. The, the boy who cried wolf, you know, by the by the whatever seventh, eighth time they they no longer believe it. That is the perfect analogy right there. <laughs> yes. Uh, who were you trying to purposely keep around as shields? Was it Leroy and Gerline? Were they acting as shields or was it just because you worked well together? I think we we 
halfway through the game, built a good bond together. Myself, Gerline, Leroy, uh, Mickey was great. But I, I never thought I had, to be honest with you, from the start of the game, I never feared being banished. I really did feel like I was playing an under-the-radar game. And, you know, watching it now and seeing all the people that were talking about me behind my back, I think I would have been so paranoid if I would have known all of this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> I may have played a completely different game, but I, I truly did feel like, you know, I was flying low under the radar. Well, and I guess that's the question. So do you just let the people out front stay out front and, and stand back? You know, let the Kevins be the Kevins, let the Koozies be the Koozies and just stand back and let it happen? Or did you purposely prop anyone up? Yeah, absolutely. At the beginning of the game, when there's so many people, let them do the talking. They're going to get themselves into trouble. That's the way I saw it. And then uh, I would say about halfway through the game, that's when you have to start as a trader, kind of manipulating and directing the way the game is going to be played and the direction you want to take it. And you truly do have to be one step ahead all the time um, and kind of know what your next move is or have an idea. But things change. There, I mean, there were so many twists in the show and it, it, it's hard to, every day is different. You have to kind of go day by day. Yeah, speaking of one of the twists that, uh, I mean, we certainly didn't see coming at the final five when they had Trevon uh, leave without revealing that he was a faithful. Did you feel it helped you, hurt you, or was pretty neutral? I think it was neutral because to me at that point in the game, I knew it. if I, I had any chance, Gerlin and I would have to be the final two standing at the end yeah. without a doubt. So, you know, I, I think it was a neutral thing. I don't think it hurt me in any way. I think if anything, it could help. But I don't think any of us really thought Trevon was the traitor at that point. So <laughs> I knew it was going to be the pick between either myself or Leroy. So it, can you expand on that? Because I think I know what you're saying here, but a, a lot of people are still of the thought process, uh, you know, count, counter to what you said a few minutes ago, that the idea of the game is to take out the traders when really the idea, well, as a faithful, the when really the idea of the game is to get to the end and then get rid of the, the traders. But so was it basically that Gerline and Leroy, I mean, you, of course, but Gerline and Leroy, especially was it really what we saw in the scene last week? They didn't care if Donna and Trevon were faithful or traitors. They just wanted to get rid of them so they didn't have to split the money with them. I, I think so. I think it, could, it would have worked that way anyways if I wasn't there. You know, assuming it was four faithfuls at the end, Gerlene mm -hmm. and Leroy would have been the ones taking the money home. Um, however... You know, I, I I didn't feel like I had any other option at that point in the game. My only option was to get in Gerline's head and yeah. do everything I could to maneuver myself in that moment. Yeah, it was just interesting. Like I said, the difference between episode nine and episode 10, like the, you know, it focused so much in episode nine on Leroy and then whoop, flip, you know, and the, the magic of editing, a little bit different uh, magic than you. Yeah. And Leroy and I, got, we got along great. It's just I knew like, I had no chance with him <laughs> if you were going to win the two options. So. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, now, going to back to the theme that went through this whole season when Koozie wanted to murder someone from her own team in the airport task. The, the theory that would never die because it was true. Did you realize at that time it would or could end up pointing at her later because of the shield situation? You know what? At that point in the game, there were too many of us. I think there were seven players on that team. Um, so I never really thought that far in advance. But I did, you know, after a couple of people were eliminated from that team, yes, I knew, wow, this is going to definitely be something that could come back and haunt uh, Kuzi. But, you know, the same things happened with me with the murders. You know, I murdered a lot of people that said my name and then they were gone the next day. So, you know, it, it all comes down to the faithfuls have to align at the right time to get the right person out. But, you know, if one person is saying, this the other person saying that it, it's hard to and it seemed like i slipped through the cracks at yeah. times yeah. yeah i did like you know the way you played it in terms of like when when gurpiar was taken out you're like i i would have to be a fool to take him out after he called my name you know and yes and at that point in the game it was totally fine because there were so many people but if i were to do that at the end and let's say murder trevon well, that's exactly what Kuzi did with May. And right. at that point, it's too late. You can't do that then. And did you know going into I can't remember if it was on our uh, on the show. Did you know going into it that if she murdered May, that was going to point the finger squarely at her? I think we both knew that, but I think she was willing to put herself in the hot seat. I I didn't actually push it on her. I You know, there was other players we could have murdered as well. Um, but... You know, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for her at that point in the game. So how did you prepare for the show overall? Obviously, magicians are known for studying and practicing. And, you know, did you I, I, I have to figure you at least watched some, if not all of the English language seasons. Uh, did you do that? And did you do anything else? Yeah, so this was so last minute for me. I think they gave me the go ahead. Hey, Mike, you're going to come on this show. It was literally like two weeks beforehand, and I knew nothing about the show. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I better watch this if I'm going on it. Um, <laughs> so I watched the U.S. version and the U.K. version. Uh, to be honest with you, it was more just to see what the challenges were like, <laughs> see if I would be able to handle this. I, I didn't realize the intensity of the psychological aspect of it. Uh, and I don't know if you can really prepare yourself for that until you're in the situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, when Gurpiar called my name out that first time at the round table, I was so caught off guard. I really tensed up. I got nervous about the whole thing. But I think that was a wake up call for me that, yes, people will call your name out and you have to be able to keep your cool, stay calm and just diffuse the situation. 
Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was such a bad move for Gurpiar, not just because it alerted you, but because your name hadn't come up. And I guess, you know, people hadn't yet learned you don't just throw out random names at the round table yet. That's right. He was, he was right, but I mean, he did it at the wrong time. And yeah. <laughs> what can I say? You know, and he was a guy I got along with really well in there. He was so great. And so it seemed like the right move for me to, to murder him after that. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you are you a reality TV fan or watcher in general? Were you familiar with people like Kevin and Kuzi? I am not. I, in fact, I don't watch any reality television. Uh, so this was all new to me. When everyone came in, I didn't know who anyone was. I didn't know, you know, what, what's Big Brother. <laughs> I've heard the name before, but <laughs> so this was not a threat to me. Everyone seemed to be, you know, we were just, you know, a bunch of people playing a game together. So you didn't know Big Brother or, or any reality TV. You hadn't seen the trailers. How did you end up on the show? I, you know what? I think they, they wanted a magician. I, I think that was the main thing. <laughs> they thought it would be a, a good role for this kind of show. And I guess that's how they contacted me to be a part of it. Uh, obviously, it's a good thing they did. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah, honestly, a life-changing experience. It was a thrill. It was such an honor. And I, I think we truly built some you know lifelong friendships as a part of being on this show. So I'm I'm very happy. Last night we got to all watch the show together in Toronto, which was really nice to see everyone again. And you know, it's we we played the game of a lifetime, really. So no hard feelings from Leroy and uh, Gerline? Not at all. No, we we know we came in here to have fun, have an experience together, and you know, ultimately one person had to win, and mm -hmm. it's just the way the cards unfolded. All right. Well, is there anything else that I haven't even asked you that, you know, you can uh, use your uh, uh, magic to pull out of my mind to, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I've been listening to your podcasts over the past mile now, and they've been so entertaining. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's interesting to, to see the way other people perceived how I was playing the game, because I don't think a lot of people, they certainly thought I was the underdog and it would be difficult for me to get out of any of the situations that I was in. But, you know, I think that's what made the show interesting. You know, the fact that I guess anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, glad you enjoyed the podcast. We, we have a lot of fun with them and, uh, uh, yeah, trying to figure out from week to week what was going to happen. Uh, you know, I was definitely rooting for you for for a long time there. So it was it was good to see you able to pull this rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> I love it, David. Thank you so much. It was so nice actually talking to you. And yeah, thank you again for having me. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. OK, bye bye. Thanks again to Mike and congratulations once again to him. If you want to reach out to let me know what you think. I'm all over social media and reality TV podcasting. I podcast about U.S. Survivor on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, with the name of the show being Why Blank Lost. And, of course, I podcast here with Matthew about Survivor UK as we look at it from our two different viewpoints. We're also going to try to get some more uh, Traders Canada interviews, so watch for those. You can find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE. Or you can find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. 
And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. Speaking of TikTok, I post at least three, sometimes four or more reality TV short videos on those sites every day. I posted a congratulatory one where I dressed up in full gear with props uh, for Mike. And also, of course, there are shows like U.S. Survivor, Survivor UK, Squid Game, House of Villains. Uh, and of course, there'll be a few more Traders Canada videos there. Also, you should make sure to check out the accounts for this podcast overall. You can find us on Instagram as at the Tradar Podcast, on Twitter as at the Tradar Pod, and you can email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support the costs of publishing this podcast, you could drop Matthew a few bucks at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. As I said, we are planning to have some more Traders Canada interviews in the future, so watch for those. Thanks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.